Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. The Soul of Business with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to the Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. Joining me on the phone today to give us a better understanding of the importance of sustainability to UOB's overall strategy is Eric Lim, the newly minted Chief Sustainability Officer. Eric, first of all, congratulations on the new appointment and welcome to the show. Thanks, Clarissa. Thanks very much. And thanks for having me on the show. It's absolutely our pleasure. Now let's jump right into it. It has been announced that your responsibilities will focus on achieving UOB's sustainability objectives of helping businesses to advance responsibly, steering consumer wealth to sustainable investments, and fostering social inclusiveness and environmental well-being. There's so many ways I can go with this question, but the first one I will ask is, what is your first priority? Clarissa, that's a great question. And if you asked uh, my bosses, they will tell you everything is my first priority, <laughs> right? So um, I, I think it is important to be able to prioritize. And um, as we look at what the bank needs to be able to do within our footprint, we have to step back and realize where we can make the biggest impact. And I think that's the important conversation of, uh, theme around sustainability. It's not just about numbers. It's not just about products. It's really about how a bank can create impact together with our customers, be they commercial customers or individual customers, into our communities and societies, right? And um, some of the research we've seen suggests that across Southeast Asia, there's a trillion dollars worth of commercial opportunities that are available as we transition to a more sustainable economic model across these various geographies. And this is building real new capabilities, be it around you know, renewable energy infrastructure, be it around building uh, more uh, circular economies, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so our top priority that we're always going to have uh, front and center for UOB is how do we forge that sustainable future with our commercial clients, right? And the key capability we bring to the table are our sustainable finance solutions. For example, we rolled out our used solar sustainable finance solution last year, and that's really in a bit to help create additional capacity across our footprint in terms of renewable energy. So that, I would say, is our uh, top priority uh, over the next 12 to 24 months is really embedding uh, a lot of these capabilities in supporting our clients uh, in that way. Can I say your bosses sound exactly like mine? (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. That was my first takeaway right there. No, what you're saying is actually very important. So first it starts with you and then it moves out to how do you actually help your clients unlock their um, sustainability desires and requirements and still make the money. That's right. All right. Now, your CSO appointment is an extension of your current role because we all double, triple and quadruple hat these days as head of group finance. You oversee financial strategy, capital management, regulatory and financial reporting. There's a lot you do. Tax management, business finance and performance management. Now, how do you see all these different roles that you play, that you oversee, complementing each other? Yeah. When you think about finance roles, you know, you joke about the fact that I I watch over so many parts or Mm -hmm. areas Mm -hmm. of finance. And there is a reason for that. 
right? Because it's important that we manage the financial resources, investment strategy, and usage of capital of the bank in a holistic manner. So we never run in a silo way. That's why in my group finance role, the organization decided to bring so many finance under one uh, umbrella under me. Now, as management and board have me take on the CSO role, it's very clear that their thinking there, which absolutely aligns with how I'm going to do my job, is to make sure that sustainability business itself has to be sustainable. And what we mean by that is our offerings have to be commercially viable for both our customers, clients, as well as our shareholders. And this is where my finance role comes in, ensuring we're allocating the right level of capital, that we're driving the right level of financial returns to make sure that it is a win-win for all stakeholders of the bank, whichever side you sit on the aisle of business, either as an investor or as a client or even as an employee. Because at the end of the day, you are a business and you're in it to make money and so are your clients. Absolutely. All right. We're speaking with Eric Lim, Chief Sustainability Officer for UOB. Now tell us more about the key performance indicators of the bank's strategic sustainability goals including, you brought it up already, you started talking about it, UOB's own carbon footprint targets. What are your targets? What are your timelines? Yeah, a really good question. So as we think about the sustainability strategy for the bank, we really see it along uh, three to four key fronts, right? I mentioned briefly about how we will help our wholesale or commercial customers build up a sustainable finance portfolio to help them finance their transformation of their business model. So clearly, along this front, it is driving our loan portfolio, our financing solutions from a sustainable finance perspective further up, along with the commercial opportunities. One of the ways we like to think about Um, this sustainable finance portfolio for our wholesale customers is not only in terms of numbers, but really in terms of impact. So you may have seen some of our external disclosures where we really try to translate the impact to, you know, for the capabilities we've helped our customers build, that's equivalent to, say, taking 17,000 cars off the road or equivalent to planting 1.3 million new tree seedlings, right? And we think that that's a real way for folks to understand the impact that they or their businesses are really having in terms of the global game. A second area that's important for us is to be able to support our retail customers. As you can tell, we do have a very robust wealth business. And one of the most important things for us is to help our customers invest their wealth such that they can do good even as they're investing uh, smartly, right? So bringing the right ESG sustainability theme investment products, having those right advisory conversations with our customers uh, is uh, an important way in which we need to help our retail customers. In our asset management business, for example, uh, last year they launched four funds and these were so well uh, designed and received that they won something like seven or eight awards uh, on them already. And the amount of uh, asset under management uh, between our asset management as well as retail businesses is uh, easily over uh, one to one and a half billion at this point. So that's, that's really good progress as well. 
Now, here comes the hard rub, uh, Clarissa, like you said, our own footprint. It's very hard for a bank like us to have conversations with our customers on their sustainability journey if we haven't figured out our own environmental footprint. And this is where we are putting a lot of thought into how we build a roadmap towards carbon neutrality for our own footprint. And Clarissa, this sounds like, you know, it should be quite a logical and easy thing to do. But let me assure you, there's the easy way to do this and there is the right way to do this. The easy way to do this is just to buy carbon credits or offsets, right? You can use money to solve the problem. Mm. But that's, mm. not like, that's not how we like to do stuff. We like to do it the hard way or the right way, right? And so the reason we're taking so much time to figure out the right way to do this is we want to be able to, number one, figure out how we simply use less energy by rethinking our buildings, redesigning the way we uh, uh, live, work, play in the office. And um, an example of this is uh, we have an advantage. We own a lot of our own buildings. And in Thailand, we had a new building that we put up that has won multiple awards for being an extremely eco-friendly building, reducing the the carbon footprint and the energy uh, usage that the building has. So that's one bit we need to do. And then after that, after we've reduced our consumption, really then figuring out how we don't uh, have to buy off the conventional energy grid, but to be able to source renewable energy that we can tap on, uh, in our case, most likely solar, and then really using offsets just as, you know, to, to mop up a bit of the residuals that we haven't been able to do. So, Clarissa, you asked a simple question, but it's a big answer because it's a lot of work that we really need to think carefully about doing the right way. It's a simple question, yeah, and you're right. Your answer is quite complex because you are a complex, large business with a lot of stakeholders. It's yeah. interesting you said you own a lot of your own buildings, and so you therefore are in control with, yes. you know, using solar and stuff like that. That's going to be very interesting to see. Now, mm. my question would be, what kind of timelines are you giving yourself? Yeah. So I think the own footprint piece, you need to be able to stage it out in a way where it is commercially viable. And uh, what we mean by that is even if I wanted to revamp all of my buildings and install solar panels all over the place or work with an ecosystem partner to produce a solar farm that I can buy off take, just 100% maxed out, that takes a lot of time, (laughs) right? Because to your point, it's a big piece of work. So I think what we want to be able to do is within this year, show a clear path on how we can achieve carbon neutrality. And of course, this path may be a multi-year journey, but then having the conviction and discipline to make sure every single year we're chipping away at it such that, you know, uh, within reasonable time frame, hopefully in line with the Paris Agreement and our national uh, commitments, we can hit uh, carbon neutrality. So that's something we're working on. And once we have those timelines, we'd be more than uh, keen to share it with the market. And you can come back on the show and, and give us an update. I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, let's talk about some of those investment opportunities that you referred to earlier. Mm. UOB's sustainability bond issue raised $1.5 billion U.S. dollars with a final order book of $2.75 billion U.S. dollars. Quite impressive. This U.S. dollar-denominated issuance is the Mm. first sustainability bond offering from Singapore. Does the fact that it was so well-received point to a growing desire from local investors to both making money and potentially doing good 
Is it pent-up demand for this kind of issuance, given the fact that sustainability-linked investments have been available in other markets, but it's taken us a while here in Singapore? Yeah, Clarissa, we, as, as you say, it was a very successful bond issuance and we were extremely happy with the performance as well as pricing of the issuance. Um, and I think what it says is, number one, UOB is a strong name, right, that receives a lot of investor interest. In fact, when we marketed this across Europe and the U.S., we saw a majority of sustainability-themed investors who actually uh, took up the issuance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last account was about 60% of uh, investors were sustainability-themed investors. Now, why do I stress that, Clarissa? The reason I stress that is these are sophisticated investors who are going to go through every single clause in your offering memorandum to understand <laughs> how you're going to use the money. It, you know, say in a way, they know how to smell, you know, BS when, when mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. see it, right? And so the fact that it got so much demand and so much support really says that we've got the right framework. They see it as very robust and they're very confident that we're going to be able to make an impact using these funds across our business model as well as geographical footprint. And we think this is really just the beginning. Uh, Like we talked about, there's a huge economic uh, opportunity here. And as the loan book opportunities continue to grow, demand on both sides of the aisle for loan assets, as well as therefore investors looking to participate through our sustainable bond issuances, you know, both sides of the the balance sheet, if you don't want to call it that, will only continue to increase. So I I think um, it's the start of of a very exciting journey, but we're definitely starting it out well and strong. It's great that it started out. You know, I remember reading it in our finance updates and going, yeah, Yeah. local bank. (laughs) (laughs) So now I think everyone's looking, when's the next one? Mm, Indeed. (laughs) I'm not asking you. <laughs> I know, I'm not answering that either. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about some of the initiatives and programs, sustainability-related ones, that you will be already hands in place. I'm mm. sure you've already got some success stories that your team are looking to build upon. Tell us about them. Thank you. Yeah, so um, we issued a 110-page sustainability report just recently, which I'm sure all of uh, your listeners would love to be able to go through page by page. Indeed. Um, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we talk a, a lot about a lot of stuff we're doing there uh, and what we've accomplished in 2020. You know, earlier in the conversation, Clarissa, I already covered what we're doing on the retail side, mm-hmm. the wholesale side, as well as our own footprint. But there's another story I really want to share that I'm particularly proud of as well, which is what we're doing from our own investment uh, capabilities, right? Uh, We have an arm called Venture Management that does impact investing, right? And what they've been able to do is uh, through their investing capabilities, positively impact the lives of 16 million individuals across Southeast Asia in what we call base of the pyramid investing type schemes. And what base of the pyramid really means is if you look at society and populations as a whole, there is a big base at the bottom of the economic pyramid where folks live on less than $3,000 a year, right? US dollars a year, right? And so these are the folks who because they are already starting out economically disadvantaged, very hard for them to be able to go financially independent. But what venture management does is invest into the right kind of agricultural, healthcare, energy type uh, capabilities 
to be able to positively impact their lives, right? And so this is the philosophy we have at UOB. Yes, we want the big numbers. Yes, we want to make money. But most importantly, we want to be able to make real impacts in the communities that we bank and that we, you know, uh, live and breathe in. So that's one area that I think we've done very well that honestly is quite inspiring for, for us and our employees. And we want to be able to build on that kind of track record. There's one other thing, Clarissa, I should just add. We're very proud to be one of the few banks in Asia where we can claim to contribute and align to all 17 of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And the only reason we can do that is because, like I talked about, we take a very holistic view uh, around the sustainability strategy. It's not only about making that final buck for us. It's about making that buck the right way. That is actually such a wonderful way for us to end this interview on. It's it's hopeful, it's uplifting, and although I plan on having many future conversations with you, I think we're pretty much done right here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, we, so thank you so much for having me on again, and thanks for letting me share our message. It is absolutely my pleasure. Now, we've been speaking with Eric Lim, Chief Sustainability Officer UOB. Eric, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing the vision. This is a new and exciting journey for you and for UOB. Thank you. Take care. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. This is Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. Keeping you in touch with the world. Money FM 89.3.